Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome back to Taken Off Air. Uh, it is Liz. episode number <laughs> 20 something or something or other. But we've started at 8 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock today because of technical issues and food. Uh, food was my fault, technical issues was Andre's side. Uh, because MacBook has won against Windows this day. It is very upsetting. Jay mm. couldn't get the Windows computer to work because of a dodgy sound card, so now MacBook is taken laptop. over. Uh, so now, Mac, now MacBook has taken over, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, yes, I am joined by Stefan and Jay today. There's no, uh, there's no Jordan. I couldn't remember his name there first. I'm going insane. I'm losing my mind. All right. I don't know. I've had a Chinese, and now my memory's getting wiped. <laughs> oh God! The Russians bought them with the Chinese again. <laughs> the Chinese have invaded Russia. It's not good. <coughs> Wasn't that a legit thing like a while ago where everybody thought it was going to be World War Three because Russia was pissing off China and America? Well, Russia was just pretty much pissing off everybody. And North Korea Russia, was Russia going, was well, bomb you. Yeah, and North Korea wasn't helping. And then China was getting a bit pissy going, well, fuck you. I know Russia has, has moved stuff to one of its borders recently because it's having a bit of a conflict. I think it's Ukraine or something that basically just moved all <laughs> army to the border saying, do anything, we'll fuck you up. Yeah. Which is typical Russian style of show of force with a million troops. I mean, it's unusual because it's not like Russia very often has a bit of a conflict with other people, as you put it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Now, we are a little bit late for the 1st of January, but I did feel, I did found a top, did found, I did yeah, find English. a topic that <laughs> I think, I'm, I'm going to start speaking Chinese in a minute. I think yes, I did find, find a topic which I think Stefan will like, because it sort of takes the piss out of the French. Okay. Uh, I apologise if Will oh. is here listening. Um, I don't think it is yet, but I love how it's just become Arte the Cusot the French when everybody participates, but I get wrong. I get thrown yeah, under the bus the every German. time. Because <laughs> you're the German and you're the one that hates them the most. Well, what? I mean, they're no problem to me because they just give up when you invade them anyway. We had to go exactly. sort out. But uh, apparently, April Fool started when France switched... Decided to be Julian. independent. No, it's from when they switched from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. Uh, apparently, there were loads of people who were slow to recognise January the 1st as New Year and celebrated April 1st as New Year instead, which eventually became the day of jokes and swindle to take the mick out of them. I mean, only the French could go the 1st of April, not a nice New Year. I, the tip, I'm guessing time zones are some stupid thing. But yeah. there's a there's loads of different stories connected to the celebration, but uh, many people believe that it dates back to 1564, when the old calendar was replaced by the Georgian calendar, 
as per the as per the new calendar, King Charles the Ninth decided to celebrate New Year on January first instead of April first. Apparently, everybody whoa, 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 just celebrated on. it on April first instead. Decided to celebrate. He didn't decide it. He just went. That's where the year starts. Well, maybe we should celebrate no, New I'm... Year at the start of the year, not halfway through. Well, no, I'm guessing, like, according to the Julian calendar, the start of the year was April, and it would be, you would have spring... Who uses the Julian calendar? Well, everybody used to, apparently, and then they changed to the Georgian calendar when King Charles basically decided and enforced (coughs) it, I'm guessing. Uh, People who didn't make the change, and and the ones who got confused, uh, kept on celebrating the event on April 1st, because of this, these people were mocked and sent funny gifts for their misunderstanding. It's believed that this event led to the beginning of April Fool's Day is celebration. It, is this why the French just surrender? Because the one time in history they didn't, everyone took the piss up. Maybe. Yeah. So now uh, they're just saying, well, better give up, otherwise it you know, didn't turn out too good the last time. Yeah. <laughs> According to other stories, uh, fish used to spawn in April, thus eating fish was completely banned. Later, some people used this season to make fun of others by fooling them with artificial fish. Uh, people who were well, like the bus. day were called April fish. So I'm assuming it's... It, I'm sure I've seen it in like some oh, Willy comics and stuff like that where you would gift someone a fish. You would, wouldn't some you? Some shit like that. <coughs> uh, I just picture, you know, like people hiding behind doors and sorting people water and stuff like that. Just people hiding behind doors smashing someone in the face of the fish. April fish. Yeah. Apparently, it's called poison... Poisson Davil. I was going to uh, say, if France. it's poison, <laughs> things have escalated. Honestly, <laughs> From gift it's, got fish to poison people. S, <laughs> it's got one extra S, but it's spelled the same way as poison. Yeah, because it's French for fish. Um, Poisson. And it, it says, uh, it's basically really? poison, but with a French accent. Well, Poisson. not really. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Poisson. Poisson. It is. You, it just, like... you, you just say poison with a French accent and it goes croissant. No, it's it's croissant. It's like croissant. It's, it's not croissant. a croissant. It's That's a different thing. <laughs> we're, and yes, we'll with the, with the right way to do it. It's um, poison de avril. It's croissant. Yeah, no, that's, what I said. that's what I said. Poison de avril. Why can neither of you say it? <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not... The thing is, like, right, you're the one that... Will's having a go at you for uh, mutilating his language. And he's added a second F. <laughs> Alright, fuck yeah. you, man. Stop, stop mutilating my name. At least I'm not saying poison. It's poison. <laughs> when and where, Will? When and where? But, uh, apparently, <laughs> it's celebrated in France with great zeal. Uh, children try to stick the picture of a fish on the friend's back. And when the joke is discovered, they shout April Fools, which means April's, April fish, so Poisson d'Avril. Uh, Poisson d'Avril is not just a joke, but also a chocolate <laughs> which is in great demand during this season. Playing pranks are not just limited to chul- children, even elders fool the family and play tricks. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, some you know, people you know, insist that, that, that the artificial fish has to be included in the pranks, so it has to have something to do with fish, because that's the original crap. So, you're basically saying that on the 1st of April, even though now it's the 9th of April, we can go oh, around and slap the shit out of people with fish. What I was going to say was... Yes, it's, Jay, it's, it's, Jay, if you wanted, you could go around slapping people with well, fish on the 1st Jay couldn't, because you can't reach anyone's face. No, that's... 
that that's like so I can understand the law now, and that funny law that's still a part of the U of the of that the you're UK law. It's, you're not allowed to handle someone in suspicious circumstances. Yeah, so April Fools is the is like it's the, the pure definition of yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's just a pure definition of them handling a salmon suspiciously. I mean, to be fair, mishandling fish does sound very mischievous and like you shouldn't be doing anything related to that term ever. Anyway, what I was going to say was, almost always, practical jokes get out of hand. How long before people are waking up with, like, fish's heads in their bed, being pushed into, like, shark tanks, <laughs> April fish? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a, like a, like a budget um, version of Godfather. You disrespect my family, you wake up with fish head in your bed. <laughs> sounds like it, it sounds like it would be the Irish equivalent. An absolutely tiny little goldfish, <laughs> just to retaliate with a full shark tank. No, I... <laughs> The, the Irish equivalent is making over a cut potato in bed. No, Jay, you don't harm the potatoes. <laughs> That's sacrilegious. Exactly, you don't harm potatoes. I can harm a potato if I want to harm a potato. 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 Why are you suddenly start calling them potato? It's potato. potato. Probably when he started harming It's them. potato. <laughs> Smash them, boil them, stick them in a stew. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna Please move do. on. So we've had the, it was before you Julian, wake up with a fish in your bed. It was the Julian calendar. Well, to be fair, Jay, you sat in a dark room and all we can see is your face. I'm expecting someone, some creepy. Ghost he does. Why does Jay look like he's doing a seance? At some point, he does. I should get the spirit board, the Ouija board. I'll show you. You look like you should be reading horror ASMR. Oh, don't, why is it always ASMR with you? It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It ends up with ASMR. I think Kyle hasn't. Because I hate ASMR, and I've don't never watched up, or listened to ASMR. But, like, I think Jay, Kyle looks, has Jay see- looks like the type of hippie, like, hipster <laughs> hippie. person that would do it. He is a hipster. I'm not a hippie! <laughs> Although Jay's shaved the beard a bit, I've noticed, so we can't really call him a full hipster anymore, he's got uh, the stylish bit going on again. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, Stefan seems that, to uh, only gain a moustache when he looks up. No, I did I, I, If I turn the MacBook screen down, it's it's so dark. <laughs> mm. Right, so as I was saying, I'm going to move from the Julian calendar and move to Julius Caesar, who basically put in place sleep days. Um, sleep days or leap days? Were leap days. They've been put in, into use since 46 BC by Julius Caesar after he personally consulted a Greek astronomer named Sosagenes of Alexandria for the fact that one year was slightly longer than 365 days and you... if they continued with the existing calendar, July would eventually fall on winter. Did you just please the Roman Empire. Did you just do this to try and... Did you just you do this to segue in sausages somehow so George would be happy? No, but I, I didn't actually read the Greek astro- astronomer's name until now, but I thought it was going to be like... Um, Socrates, I thought it was going to be something similar to that, but no, it's Sausagenes. It's literally S-O-S-I and then genes. There's one thing you don't want in your genes, it's sausage. I know. <laughs> that would be uncomfortable. 
But yeah, I um, go away to turn the light on, or I yeah, I come back from. I went away with cargo <laughs> sleep days, and I come back with the headphones on. And I was like, the sausages in your pants. Okay. Well, I don't know if the sausages in your pants. I wasn't accusing you. That's why you don't leave <laughs> the desk. Yeah. Um, I go missing for a week, and I'm going to missing again due to work commitments, and I come back to abuse. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> if you're not here, you're a target. You know that by now. I mean, to be fair, we haven't abused Jordan too much, so yet. So only ten minutes in. Yet being the prim. True. Yeah, yet being the primitive word right now. The primitive word. <laughs> it is oh, a pretty I'm primitive word, to be fair. <laughs> Thus far. <laughs> <laughs> Thus far. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, the explanation is that in 46 BC, Julius Caesar reformed the calendar system. Uh, it was based on advice by astronomer Sosagines of Alexandria. The Julian calendar included one leap day every four years to account for the fact that an Earth year is slightly more than 365 days long. Uh, if the calendar years contained exactly 365 days, they would drift from the Earth's year by about one day every four years and eventually July, named for Julius Caesar himself, so that's probably why he disliked it would occur during the normous, normal, northern hemisphere winter so by adopting a, a leap year with an extra day every four years the Julian calendar year would drift much less and basically stay the way it should be uh, in 1582, Pope Gregory the 13th provided the further fine-tuning that leap days should not occur in years ending with in two zeros, unless divisible by 400. The Gregorian or Jordan calendar system is one in wide use today. It's the one that I've just said confused the French. Uh, but of course, tidal friction in the Earth-Moon system slows Earth rotation and gradually lengthens the day by about 1.4 milliseconds per century, which means leap days uh, will not be necessary about 4 million years from now. So we've only got about 4 million years until leap days are no longer a thing. That's if Yay, Earth still exists in 4 million years, we might have bombed it to hell by then. Mm. Don't look down on the humanities... Ability to do that. Marty's ability to, yeah, fuck things up in general. Uh, we have amazing ability to fuck things up. What, us in general or just humans? Yeah, I think both. Uh, humans. <laughs> I will say that we, uh, we haven't been looking at chat again and before when we were talking about slapping people with fish and I said, Jay won't be able to slap people with fish because he can't reach. Actually, put, he'd only be able to slap people on the arse because that's the size he can reach. <laughs> I mean... I failed a pram. I failed a pram. So... That doesn't what would you mean do anything. Slap, what would you, no, what would you do if you went to slap someone's ass with the fish? Because that's all you could reach. They turned around, you slapped them in the cock, and then they moaned instead of instead of complained. Well, that would be the most panicky moment in the world. Kyle, you know you're not supposed to delve into your own mind while we're doing this. My mind is beautiful, leave it's it alone. not when it's thinking things like that. Right. While we're talking about food... Well, no, what you're talking about them. slapping people in the cock and making them moan. That's not food. Well, fish is food, okay? Fish is friend, not food. Fish right. is... Fish is... Uh, well, that, you just said it's it, not food. 
it's it's right. Okay, I'm moving on to burgers. Okay. <laughs> well, before you do, uh, that, I don't. I, I I don't want to sound pedant- pedantic or anything. Yeah. But this podcast sounds a bit fishy to me. Dear God, Joe. I nearly said Jordan there because <laughs> I thought you were just going to call him George. <laughs> yeah. Okay. George, I haven't okay. done anything wrong. I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> it's it's not a Sunday. It's your fault. It's not a Sunday. The Georgian calendar. Right, Kyle. Before you do move on, yes. Should I talk to you about sunfish. Sunfish. No, not sunfish. Sunfish. Oh, okay. I ocean, think just saying sunfish. Ocean sunfish. Right. Uh, <laughs> are the heaviest known bony fishes in the world. Right. Adults typically move, weigh. Move. So, sorry, you, 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 when you moved, you sort of right. went like you were talking in a like okay. bath, and then as you went <laughs> back, it came back. It was weird. Might, might be the way. Uh, it's been one of the fish. Adults typically, yeah, I was underwater. Adults typically weigh between four, uh, 247 and 1,000 kilos. Uh, they are native to tropical temperate waters around the world and resembles a fish head with a tail, and its main body is flattened. So I will, as I'm talking, look this up for you. Um, but the, the, the absolutely huge, and I don't know how long, um, the generalist predators, uh, they consume small fish, uh, fish larvae, squid, and crustaceans. Um, and they're absolutely enormous, and I've not seen them. I'm trying to find a one for scale. I think I've seen something to do with these sunfish, aren't, aren't they? Like, just ridiculously huge. Yeah. They are. So it should be coming up on your screen now. Uh, they have few natural predators, but sea lions, killer whales, and sharks consume them. They're a delicacy in some parts of the world, including Japan, Korea, and Taiwan. Um, and there's a ban on, in the EU, there's a ban on the sale of fish and fishery products derived from the family Molliday. Sunfish are frequently, frequently caught in gillnets. Um, but they're, they're absolutely massive. And the, what they do for is any, they live... For anybody, for, for, sorry, for, for anybody listening on the podcast and not being able to see it, Google sunfish, but basically if you've seen the image of the white fish that's that looks like someone's flattened it, and it's just it, the fins are right at the back of the body, and it looks like it shouldn't be able to swim, but it defies the laws of physics. That's what the fish is. That's the fish. Yeah, basically. But they they live deep in the water. Basically, they live in deep depths, and they come up and they lie on the side. Um, surface basking behavior. They swim on its side, presenting the largest profile at the sun. Maybe a method of thermally recharging, and then it dives into deep, cold waters to to um, uh, to feed. Um, but apparently, as well, because the, like all uh, ocean-dwelling large things, they get like barnacles and pests and things like that, um, that come yeah. down and like uh, not that come down. Sorry, that that like attach to them. Uh, so when they're on the side, apparently seagulls will come and like nick the barnacles off them and stuff like that and, and they just kind of let them they just kind of lie there and let them because it's like a symbiotic kind of yeah it, it's like when you get the sharks that have the little fish swimming next to them that just swim in and out of the mouth getting all the bacteria and 
equivalent stuff. It's the sort of the same thing of it's a symbio- symbiosis thing of the sharks don't eat the little fish because the little fish eat the stuff that would harm their gills and stuff. Well, do you know what? So do you know what I did learn about that? There's 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 little fish, cleaner fish, and there's and um, there's some small crustaceans, like small squid, if you like that do that do this, um, and they're, yeah. they're like um. They, they they have areas in the ocean where they go. So some, uh, what you're on about, where a, a gillfish will like swim with a shark and they'll go off its gills and they'll just pick at bits and stuff like that. Um, there are cleaner it fish that shark healthy. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of sharks are let other fish do that because and whales and stuff like that. But what they do is they nibble like the pests, if you like, off the outside of the shark, like the bird that sits on the hippopotamus and eats the flies and stuff like that. But what they'll do is. Uh, when because it, it's covered in like a, a, a kind of thin slime on its skin, yeah. Uh, the yeah. obviously what they'll do is the fish when they get a chance will try and like nip at that, but it, it actually hurts the shark or the fish or whatever they're doing it to. So if if they do it too much, then the, then then the shark or the or the whale or whatever doesn't trust them. Um, and so the, the, it's, it's very much a trust relationship of yeah. don't do too much, don't be greedy. The other thing I learned was a lot of them won't actually swim with a fish. They'll have a place where they live, like on a coral reef or, or in an area of the ocean. So there'll be an area of the ocean where loads of these little squids or loads of these little fish live. And then like whales and stuff will swim to there or bigger fish will swim to there and all kinds of uh, different fish will converge. And they'll come out and just clean them, and it's like a car wash, but in the ocean, it's like the the big fish will go there, and the little fish will just clean them. It's, but it's been observed you've been, that you've it's, been watching Shark Tale too much. No, it's, it's, it's genuinely it's a poker stop. It's it's been observed that it's a kind of safe zone. It's like the oceans. It's it's Switzerland, so sharks will even yeah. swim through, and like will not eat fish that it would usually chase and eat. It will swim through and stop and get cleaned and then swim away. So it's like a safe zone in the ocean. So if you ever fall off a boat, head for where all the squid are clean the fish. Yeah. Then nothing will touch I mean, you. That's, to be fair, I would assume that there would be places like that, because like, even places on land with predators and stuff usually have zones like yeah, that. Like it's, it's amazing. It's am- it's, not hurt each other. Yeah, but it's amazing how we, we perceive that understanding to be it's quite human or at least um, mammalian behaviour, isn't it? You wouldn't expect a fish or like you know, a crustacean to have the not not necessarily the brain power, but have the understanding to be like, this is a safe zone. We can, do you know what I mean? I mean we'll leave it here. This, but, is all, this is the thing, because like a lot of people probably wouldn't, but I'm I'm of the mind of we are just a part of nature. Surely there will be other things that have our sort of intelligence and stuff, and I'm, definitely, I'm yeah. fully aware of some of the batshit crazy stuff that nature can do, because nature is awe-inspiring and amazing and can do absolutely ridiculous things such as do, such as, like, the safe zones, or have like, just these such balanced ecosystems, like one little fish supports this fish and then supports this fish, and it just if you remove one piece, the entire thing collapses. That's always fascinated me, and it's always been amazing, and I, I just think there's no way that these animals can't be inte- can't be intelligent, yeah, and not like it's, it's, realize yeah. what's going on, not it, destroy this. It's, it's a perfect balance. It's it's not necessarily intelligence. What I'm saying is, if you're like an apex parent, if you're a shark or something like, that, they've got relatively small brains, so I suppose it could come down to intelligence. But a lot of that is sensory and 
So like how good the Simpsons stuff like that. And um like uh what was it like primal? It's a lot more primal than ours, it's a lot less advanced. There's a lot of like apex predators that live on land and an ocean that you would think would be like it exists to breed, to eat, to rest so that I can hunt to eat and to have energy to breed. And the only objective is to keep eating, to keep alive and to breed as much as you can. And that's a very animalistic kind of it's, it's an animalistic trait that every species on Earth has in one way or another. But you would expect that that is as far as it goes for most animals. There's higher intelligence animals, i.e. dolphins and, and chimps and, and most primates, in fact, and stuff like that. But you would expect something like a shark or like a, a moray eel or like a shrimp wouldn't really understand that. It, it's more, it's a lot more, it's a bit complex to go, I, I can eat that, I can kill it, and it'll keep us, you know, sustained for a few days or for today. And then to swim into an area where you just think, well, I'm not going to eat them here because if I stop here, they'll get cleaned and they'll help me. So I'll not kind of soil this area, if you like. It, it is it's, strange. It's sophistication and sort of natural instinct. Yeah. I get the feeling, though. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Natural wonder, instinct surely is I, to I eat wonder, this food right there. Yeah, but I wonder if they've also got the sort of thing of they do it at certain times so that it's the... Um, so that, like, because I know sharks don't need to eat, certain sharks don't need to eat every day. I think most animals, you don't eat, they don't eat every day. They'll eat yeah. once every couple of days or once every week type thing like snakes do and stuff. So I wonder if they've also got a, got sort of the system in place where the sharks will go and feed before going there so that the, the fish will know and they won't yeah. be tempted because I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if nature's put that in place where the, they'll do it at specific times so that the shark just won't be yeah bothered. i agree but even for that the shark would have to think like to go somewhere or to know to go somewhere else to eat if the shark was hungry and it was swimming from like maybe to jay and it went past you with your other cleaning station the there. do you know what i mean but it yeah. never it never it's, happens it's, the no it's it's the it's the thing like um it's the thing like birds that just instinctively know how to migrate and where to migrate to, but they've never been shown. They've never had anything to do. They just instinctively yeah follow this invisible trail, so to speak, type thing. Because that's what it seems like they do. They just instinctively straight away know what they're doing. Like how t uh, little baby turtles know that as soon as they hatch, they go f they go for the sea. Is yeah. Turtles or tur turtoises, I don't know which. I think it's both. But turtles. As, soon turtles. as soon as they hatch, they instinctively go straight towards the sea. Yeah, so Will, Will said, uh, have you seen the fish that he bought with the squid? I'm sure I talked about it at some point. But yeah, so it's, I think it's gobies. And I think it's gobies and pistol shrimp. I could be wrong. Uh, but basically, they um, they are together for life. So what happens is, uh, uh, goby, the fish, is very good at... No, sorry. Hold on. The goby lives in the burrow, but not very good at burrowing. The pistol shrimp is just tiny, uh, but, and it's really good at burrowing, but it, it's quite vulnerable. Um, so what will happen is, they team up when they're like really young, when they reach maturity. Um, and the, what will happen is, the, the goby will make a burrow. Uh, sorry, sorry. The shrimp will make a burrow for the goby to live in, but they're both living together. And what will happen is during the day, when they come out to hunt, uh, either the goby will go and hunt, uh, and the, the sh and the squid will stay, the, the shrimp will stay in. And when the goby comes back, and the, 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 the shrimp sits at the end of the burrow to hunt, but it's quite vulnerable. They can't see behind it and stuff. 
So what the fish will do is it sits above the burrow and the, the shrimp has a, a, an antenna on the top almost um, and, and it reaches up and the, the fish stays where it's touching that antenna and it stays perfectly still. So it's almost like they're holding hands. It's usually on one of the fish's fins. And if the if the fish sees a predator coming or something, it'll move so that the, the shrimp knows and will go away into the burrow. And they live like that, they even mates or they'll, they'll have a pair. So there could be a pair of gobies and a pair of shrimp living together. Um, but the two will stay together for life. And it's almost like they're sitting holding hands out the burrow so that they know what it's safe. It's a house share. <laughs> yeah, which is quite amazing. And when you when you you can buy them for um, aquariums and stuff, if you've got home aquariums, you've got the right conditions and you've got that kind of setup. Um, but you can buy them for aquariums. And when you buy them, you have to buy them in pairs because they are in that pair for life. Yeah. Which is amazing. It just, that proves, makes sense. It just proves that humanity um, needs to like learn yeah. of the fish. Well, yeah, and, and it's completely symbiotic. So th- th- there's no negative to it, really. They both get something out of it. So the the, the fish knows that it's going to have a good burrow whenever it needs one. And the shrimp knows that it can sit at the edge of the burrow and be vulnerable from behind, but still be perfectly safe. And it, the, 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 on rare occasion that one of them gets killed or they don't team up or they get killed before the team up, it's because either the fish has nowhere to live, so it's left vulnerable all the time and doesn't have a burrow because it's shit digging, um, or it gets kind of dug up because it's just at the surface, or the, the, um, the shrimp just gets kind of ambushed from behind by a chance predator. Yeah, it's. I think that's one thing humanity is lacking is some of that instinct and some of that. I think we've humanity is selfish. We'll start to, we've yeah, we've become too selfish. We've become everything's about money type <laughs> thing. We, we we need to go back to sort of nature and just like actually yeah. support each other normally. Yeah, and yeah, I think and that's why we should be a. Money should yeah. be abolished, and we should just enforce the federal economy. Uh, Will has this, this, shared... this is why we are going to have our island with the federal economy exactly because we can go back to nature and just have this sort of thing. And it's people don't work for money; everybody just helps each other, and you just have a federal economy of your. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're on about how we should be more like nature and stuff like that, and how it's such a like good place and we've got a lot to learn because humanity's just pricks. Will shares a fucking thing in my chart that yes, when you click is, on it, octopuses the, sometimes punch fish out of spite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, scientists have researched it. It's one of the things I have. It's like a little, it's usually used in a meme format. Because there's loads of pictures that go with it, but yeah, it's literally science, scientists <laughs> have been researching it and trying to figure out a way. Because it makes no sense for nature that this happens, but it just does, and it's just the fact that the the oct- octopus will literally just like whack a fish with one of its tentacles because it can, because it's bigger, so it just will. So we should be what because it's will. It's Will an octopus that just beats fish up. Will's a French <laughs> octopus. That's the nickname now. Will, you're now, you're now the French octopus. Um, no, oui, it, oui. Do, do, you, so you should be more like science. You should be more like nature, sorry. We should be more like nature. We should be more like animals. We've got a lot of them, but not octopuses because I'm pricks. 
Oh, talk about no, octopuses. Because they're pricks. Oh, not dolphins, dolphins, because they're dolphins are arseholes. That is true, Will. Certain animals. Just learn from the smaller fish. That's the lesson to be learned. So learn from the smaller animals, because the smaller animals usually get on better and have, like, community and everything. Oh. It's once the once nature gets to a certain size is when octopuses start to go. The, the two things I do know, like the two, well, two of the thing, two interesting things I know about um, octopodes for the penises to mate. Yes. Some do. Um, dolphins. Uh, dolphins will annoy a puffer fish so that it puffs up and then will bat around like a beach ball under the water because when they, when they get stung by it, they don't die, but the venom makes them high. So they will bully a puffer fish for hours just to get high. And apart yeah. from chimpanzees and humans, they're the only other creature on Earth that will kill just for fun, just because it can't. They will be just murderous dolphins. Yes, they do rape seals, but Jay, I wasn't going to go there. Jay, I don't know if it's you sharing the screen trying to it look, is. but basically you've got better luck Googling it somewhere else because places <laughs> like The Independent and The Guardian always ask you to subscribe and stuff, and they will not stop until yeah. you. And, um, you know, there's, also, you know. there's also a fish. There's a fish that it's one of the biggest... It's I think it's one of the biggest fish there is. It's all like the sunfish. It's absolutely huge. Or it's an octopus or something. I think it's an octopus. Yeah. And ba- or like a giant squid or something. But basically, scientists could only find female specimens because they were looking at the wrong scale because th- the females are absolutely huge and like massive. The males are like a t- ten thousandth of the size. They're absolutely tiny. They're like th- this size compared to the female. Yeah. And. It basically the the never re, the never found a f- male version of the species until they realized like let's go down the scopes and see if it's smaller. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest size discrepancy they know of in nature, as far as I'm aware. But it's the it's basically isn't the, there... the absolutely massive and isn't... the males octopus like teeny tiny octopuses are tiny. really amazing if you think about it right um you ever heard the story of the fishing boat that caught an octopus by accident and they just chucked it to one side thinking it was dead it's i will deal with that later so they deal with them taking the fish out of the nets and it's it, that the one that slithered away down under the anchor hole there was a video no of not under the anchor hole not that one, but like they wonder where the hell this appeared to. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they spent ages looking for it. They thought, oh, it must have went overboard, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, to, and so they went to make a cup of tea. So they opened up a teapot, and the octopus was inside the teapot. Yeah, uh, octopuses can walk on land. I saw a video of one hunting a crab. It, it got out the, like a rock pool and sprinted across rocks after this crab. It's really weird. Um, well, well, I, I, well, um, well, we're on octopuses. You know how Nina's got an obsession with TikTok at the minute? She found a TikTok of this last, and yes. she was in, it was an American, of course, in Bali, student, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and they were like, uh, she was messed about. She was like, oh, look at this little guy and all that. She done TikTok and that. Oh, look at this. Oh, look, oh, found this little octopus. And it was sitting on her hand for about 20 minutes. Well, I don't know. Well, she said it was about 20 minutes. Well, obviously, the video was only a few minutes long. And it was sitting on her hand, this tiny little octopus and that. And then she put it back in the water and everything. And then everybody on her TikTok was like freaking out, like, do you know what the fuck you've just been doing and that? Then she posted another video about an hour later, going, oh my God, I could have died, bloody, bloody, blah. It was a blue ringed octopus, one of the most venomous animals on the planet. If it had bit her, it was enough to kill 20, it's got enough venom to kill 20 people within like 10 minutes or something. She was just sitting with it on her hand, yeah. like, oh yeah, look, look at this cute little octopus. Yeah. The most dangerous animal look- on the planet. <laughs> There's loads of things like this. I actually said yeah, seals um, rear penguins. It, 
Does that make it's peels? The... Is it like seals where it's the seals? It's the blanket mm. octopus. <laughs> it's uh, just that's the one I was thinking Unless of. Unless you get bitten off a blueberry Because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna keep on going to Sorry. gloss over that, but uh, <laughs> the blanket octopus females are can reach nearly seven feet in length. And the males are only about zero point nine of an inch long. And they're also forty thousand times heavier than the male, yeah. whose energy is better spent locating a female than growing big. So basically, the males never grow big; they just go for so go straight to search, searching for its partner. Yeah, yeah it, it's meant to be like one of the largest things in the world. In I know the largest discrepancies. In the- I know another another massive discrepancy size discrepancy between male and female is anglerfish. You know the ones with the big lantern. And they, that, this is like Nemo, the one that gets caught yeah. in the mask. Yeah. It's on them. Uh, yeah. It's got like a bioluminescent dongle, like fishing rod, females, if you like. Yeah. They're all females, and do you know why? Because the males are tiny, and as soon as they reach sexual maturity, they will swim to the side of a female. They'll climb into the gills and actually bond, and it actually they uh, they get absorbed into the female until there is just the well the sexual organ left. And it's the and then the female is just uses it when she wants eggs fertilized, and that is what that's all the male does. It it grows to tiny a tiny size, reaches sexual maturity, then swims into a female and absor- gets absorbed. Yeah, have you seen? It just I'm proves gonna... that men are completely and utterly useless. Yep. <laughs> well, no, it proves that size doesn't matter for any of those <laughs> right. men out there. <laughs> I love how Will's like, it sounds like my da- date in life. <laughs> you just swim into a female <laughs> and then dissolve till you just appear. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so before I'm, I'm we do gonna... move on, uh, with octopuses, okay. have you seen the mimic octopus? It's one uh, of the most intelligent species. Yeah. It, it's amazing. The Kyle will have. Oh, no, so the ones that scientists will have to have a security to watch the tanks. Yes. Because they'll sneak out, yes. go into other f- fish tanks, eat the fish, close it up, and go back to their own tanks and close themselves up again will, like nothing oh, happened. They can also they can <laughs> change the colour in the same way a chameleon can. They change the body shape and they know how to mimic different things. So if something will come to them, so for example, if, if a predator comes to them that will eat them, and they know that that predator won't eat a lionfish, it'll pull its body in, wave its arms behind it like the big spines, like the big lionfish tail, um, and swim like that and turn itself like black and white stripes or it'll like it'll mimic a sea snake or like it just changes shape and colour and moves like all the time just to avoid predation. It's absolutely amazing. Kyle, if you haven't seen it, you need to look at it after the podcast. Right, I'll have to have a look. Um, there, there is a film that I think you guys need to watch. I, I think it's something to do with mermaids, but there is a scene where, it, the, where the, the octopus guy basically <laughs> has to end up like cooking part of his own self because he has to assassinate. This is Pirates of the Caribbean. Talk about David Jones. <laughs> no, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean. It's um, it's like a really bad CGI, crappy, like low budget Asian film, but it's <laughs> great because he has to the faces he pulls while his tentacles are getting cooked is amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's really horrible, but it's it's an amazing scene. But anyway, I'm going to keep going with the fish thing because, as Jay says, this is the fishy episode, uh, and it's that salmon is pink. All agreed, yes? No, it's grey. No, yeah, it's because of what it eats. S- s- it's a sa- diet. Salmon is the meat. Salmon is meat of salmon, salmon is, is pink. pink. 
Yeah, summon is pink, and the it's usually the whole thing of the darker pink the summon is, like the darker pink or orangey pink is the higher quality it's meant to be, the more you can charge it for, because that's what people do. Yeah, but it is um, on uh, what it eats, though, isn't it? It's on diet. Yeah, it's all dependent it's on what it eats. Oh, it's is it because is it because in nature they eat red algae? Is that was that they eat either red algae or something that eats red algae, and that's what gives the flesh the pink color. It's because it's because the heavily eat. Uh, it's heavy in krill and shrimp, hmm. so <laughs> it sort of naturally turns them. It's all yeah. the same as flamingos. Why flamingos are pink because of what they eat. Um, but the issue is, but why the stand on farm-raised salmon? Farm-raised farm raised salmon, so salmon that don't get to see the ocean, don't get to see krill and shrimp and everything. Well, they live with cows and fields. The, 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 <laughs> uh, they're given a diet that turns them grey. Yeah. Like you said, that it's actually grey meat. Yeah. Uh, but the industry gets around this by adding pigmentation pellets mm-hmm. into their food sort of thing to turn the meat the pinky orange. Uh, it provides the salmon with some of the vitamins and antioxidants that we'd get in the wild. Uh, but he the, pigment, so. <laughs> the, pig, the pigment, the uh, pigment, because obviously they'll be fed all that stuff. It's not the main feed. It's just like a part of the feed. It's like yeah. 20% of the feed is this pigment. The rest comes from all the other stuff. But it, it, uh, the pigment basically dyes it and they've even got, uh, it even lets them determine how red the fillets will be. They've got like a chart and everything uh, to facilitate the selection process. Uh, pharmaceutical giant Hoffman LaRoche developed a set of standardized color cards to measure hue, hue for it. Um, <laughs> to measure who? <laughs> uh, a study by someone showed that shoppers, <coughs> particularly wealthy ones, are more attracted to darker shades of salmon, which can be priced uh, higher simply due to the resemblance of wild salmon. So it's a trick that they do. Interestingly, not dying farmed salmon would make it more affordable because it means they wouldn't have to like buy in the pigmented food. They would just feed them like normal. Um, but there's skepticism as to whether people would buy grey salmon or if they would just not buy it because of the fact of the so used to saying a pink. The salmon and smoke um, fish. It Wilson, constitutes we- it's the, it it's the most expensive part of the diet. It constitutes twenty percent of feeding costs, uh, but it boosts the product the profitability. But the issue is that it creates a product that fetches prices approaching those of wild caught famine, which makes things harder for <laughs> wild caught famine. Northwest. Sorry, salmon. Yes, I know. <laughs> I thought I was going to glass through that. I've caught a wild salmon. Yeah. Well, are you a fucking the <laughs> ancient Egyptian fucking king? Fair. Yes. Fair <laughs> a wild salmon. Bitch. But, you really but, a star. No, um, the, the, it's causing issues on the northwest, the Pacific fishermen and stuff, hmm. because it's basically trying to emulate their, their catch. So the, even though they're catching actual wild salmon and doing a lot more work, in the sense of they have to actually go and catch it and they've got different yields at different times and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot more unstable. These farmers are basically just cheating type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. An abundance of farmed salmon also forces the fishermen to lower the prices of the wild-caught salmon in order to compete with the market. However, 
it is now said that apparently they they do have to now say on the packet whether it is farmed or not like they've got to put on on it if it includes the pigment so next time you go to a fishmonger or shop or anything like that and you want to buy salmon if you double check i think it's the ingredients or something to do with it you should be able to see if it's been fed this pigment so you should be able to tell whether it's been farmed or whether it is actually a wild caught salmon. You say that, uh, but one of the facts I have before you do move on is, I can't find it there, that um, one-third of all fish sold in the world is mislabeled. Um, yeah. And it, it, it opens with a line that salmon is probably not salmon. Researchers estimate about one-third of all fish sold in restaurants and grocery stores all over the world that was packaged up as mislabeled, often due to deliberately mislead customers and to get them to buy more expensive fish. Um, so this is mostly like snapper convenience. Red, so red snapper is one of the one of the cheapest fish you can buy, apparently. But a lot of people label it label it as t- tilapia, uh, which is a lot more expensive. So eighty seven percent of snapper is mislabeled. Uh, tuna is tuna like steaks is mislabeled fifty nine percent of the time. And it, it's a really common occurrence. It's a real big problem. Yeah, we're uh, saying you can't mislabel licensed products in the EU. That's that's fair enough. That's the funny thing is, like stuff that will unfortunately have fun in the wild west of unregulated will, food. You fuck us. You fucking horses will be kicking off, and I'll never run around the fucking roads. <laughs> I know. This is why no, why we yeah. shouldn't have left the EU. We're going to be like. We're going to be a third world country. That's going to, European unions are going to end up throwing um, banded and other charity offence to face the start, to face what, to feed the starving children in England. I mean, to be you honest, see, you like, know, we'll, we'll the, the we'll amount of money we've sent to Africa, we could just we'll, feed England. But yeah, yeah, we're fucked at the minute. Where's our rock concert? I hope we've got some good bands. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but not the in um, Kenya. The, the, anyway. So in 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 future, if you if you're buying salmon and stuff like that, if you if you basically if you're buying a fish that's meant to be pink, if you double check to see if it's pigmented, and you'll be able to see if what you're buying is farmed or will will see will see. Uh, you can't you can't sell mislabeled products in the EU. How for the wild rest of un- unregulated food? Korean chicken inbound. Ninety percent of people in this country snort cocaine every well, plant fertilizer every weekend, and think it's cocaine. So uh, you know. <laughs> I don't think some Korean chicken's going to kill them off. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure going to be invincible, me. probably has loads of mislabeled stuff on it. Drugs are don't do, Yes, I know they are. That's the point. Don't do, don't do drugs, kids. Um, so the whole fact about that, blah, 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 of salmon and other fish is on, like, Mislabeled. Blah, 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 is that is that mostly like in supermarkets or it, it, is it like actual so fishmongers when you actually go down to like a fishmonger? No, no, because no, it, because, it, it, because it, that's it, fresh it, fish, it, so that'll be, be like, different. It, it, it's it's packeted yeah, it's packeted yeah, up I, it's packeted up labeled fish that you would buy in a supermarket or fish that you would buy off a menu at a restaurant. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like if you go to to an American restaurant, they might try and sell you. 
what you think is that type of thing. <laughs> well, it's because that's the first European Union country that came to my head that I know for a fact has scandals like this. Like uh, America's not the, a like, EU, Kyle. The, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. So it's unregulated. That's why they do this sort of stuff. That's what I'm saying. I said it's not part of the EU. No, right. So they can. So they're the, like the sort of country equivalent first world versus first world of us. EU regulated versus unregulated. In our restaurants, you can assume that if you <laughs> order a salmon, it'll be a salmon. If you assume if you buy a cod, it'll be a cod. But in America, they might try and cheat you out of it by giving you a fish that's cheaper and easier to catch than cod or salmon, but still labeling it as that because they're not regulated by the EU. They don't have the they don't have the regulations in place. I'm imagining it's probably easier to do on things like fish fingers and stuff, where everything just gets processed into mush. So it doesn't really matter too much. You won't really be able to tell from the taste because it's just got so much shit added in. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake. Jeez, the chat. Asta Smart Price Colombian Cocaine. It's, yeah, it's 80% uh, plant fertilizer, 15% horse tranquilizer, and 5% cocaine. No. Oh, God. But it's only £3 a gram. <laughs> So I'm gonna go uh, away go, from fish, away from everything we're right. talking about. <laughs> before we go towards, before we disappear from fish, right, has anyone ever thought to actually look up what is in fish fingers? A lot. I not did fish. a while ago, and then I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what I saw, what I saw, but I'm pretty sure it was like thirty percent was well, fish. And the all rest I'm was saying, all I'm saying is that it's one of the biggest manufacturers of fish fingers shit. is called Bird's Eye. Captain Bird's Eye. Horse meat lasagna. There's nothing wrong with horse meat. It just tastes like cows. Ba ba ba. Green giant. Green. That's sweet corn. <laughs> so, uh, next topic. <laughs> next peas. When okay. the fuck did green giant do peas? Yeah, they do do peas. Are you not seeing them in the supermarkets? Sweet the, corn, man. They basically no. do like the. They basically do like the just tinned veg. Um, yeah. right, okay. I'm like so, this. I'm like so surprised. Like I found out that McDonald's did Mc McDogs. No, you got tools. I mean, I, I mean, I never, I never <laughs> knew that. I assumed it was just going to be an American thing, like how America has a different menu to North Korea and South Korea has a different menu to China and all that sort of stuff. Everywhere's got a, like different bits on the menu. They've got the basics, but a lot of places have different added bits. I thought it was just going to yeah. be like an American thing. Hmm. It's just like we were at um, McDonald's getting um, a cup of coffee and uh, and some juice enough for the kids in the back. Some what? Asher was like, "Oh, do you remember um, juice, coffee oh. and juice?" Okay. Right. And Ashley and Ashley just turned around to me. He's like, "Do you remember when McDonald's used to do like hot dogs?" I was like, "No, I I don't remember it." So oh, I do. Then then she went on like had a massive. We had a massive, like, not a massive row. We had, like, a, a bicker. A conversation. A heated debate about McDonald's doing hot dogs. And I still am convinced that it never happened. But apparently they did pizzas as well. Well, if you can and... just, it never happened. Google the fucking thing. 
I don't want to Google it because um, Google tell me I'm wrong. I don't like being wrong. And apparently, they also had um, a burger that was designed specially for, you know, the how Christians don't eat. Apparently, it shouldn't be eating meat on a Friday. Mm. Right, okay. And they had a Here burger designed especially for that kind of, for those Christians. But instead of burger meat, they had a pineapple. Right, no, it wasn't. It meat. wasn't. It was for vegetarians. And it was it was marketed as a vegetarian Hawaiian burger, and it was in America. And when people got all excited, they had a big campaign for. I think it was in the fifties or sixties or something. They had a big campaign for it, and all this exotic advert and stuff. And then people went in to get it, and it was just a slice of pineapple about that thick in between some bread fried. According to your brother, Norway McDonald's menu is the same as our menu. Thank you for that lovely information, Alex. Is it? Do they not have like a bit of? I don't know. What an Norwegian right. seat. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. I've what does the Swedish right. chef make? Yeah, a fork a book. Oh, hold on, I like it. Right. It was a thing. It was... It's a, a system in Norwegian. It was a seasonal menu item late in yeah. the 1990s and in, in, the, in the summer of 2002... Uh, it's been a seasonal sort of thing, and in Chile they sold hot dogs for a brief period, and bits and, pe- bits <coughs> and pieces. Uh, to- in Tokyo, hot dogs were available from 1990 until 2004, and they had been. It was called the Muck Hot Dog. Of course, it was. Uh, but <laughs> the Muck Dog. But. Basically, Ray Kroc, one of the owners, prohibited the company from selling hot dogs regardless regardless of potential demand, as he said there's no telling what's inside a hot dog's skin. Uh, the died, guy who the... was in charge of McDonald's meat was dubious about a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he, he, he basically <laughs> he basically said we're not going to sell hot dogs. They did, they did like seasonal promotions and stuff every once in a while, I think, with it. But one of the main reasons they don't do it anymore is basically McDonald's doesn't have any pots in the restaurant, so they can't make hot dogs. They don't. Uh, I mean, the, that's one. That's legit. Whoa, 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 hold on. Reasons for the it corner shop McDonald's doesn't have, doesn't have a have corner shop doesn't have a fucking cooking pot, but it has hot dogs. Yeah, you know the rule of hot dogs. You don't need a pot. That would probably cost too much, to be honest. Probably, yeah, yeah it, it was a it, it's a muck hot dog. It's a it was available in Japan. They were introduced in some midwestern located stores uh, at the option of the franchise holder as a summer item. UK, it was sold during the late nineteen nineties and as a seasonal menu item in the summer of two thousand two. So it keeps coming back and forth as being like a limited time thing. Even though they're not it's it. never been a stable part of the menu. Hold on, so is so there's basically us running a McDonald's somewhere, the owner of the chain, the owner of McDonald's is when don't sell hot dogs. And then everyone's yeah, it, it and then is... somebody keeps selling hot dogs. It is uh, it, it to be fair, it's like a proper hot dog where it's like wait, proper hot dog where it's got the it's the bun, the hot dog, and then mustard on one side and tomato ketchup on the other. So it does actually look quite nice, honestly. But it's at the same time I don't know if I'd trust a McDonald's hot dog. <laughs> well, well, I mean it wouldn't be any worse than normal hot dogs. Enough I mean, then again. Them. 
if if the, if, if somebody who sells McDonald's burgers says, "Well, oh, I don't really know what's in a hot dog. I don't trust hot dogs anymore." Yeah. You know that bananas know, can't reproduce. McDonald's really sells, to be honest. Did you just throw in that bananas can't? Did where did? What in your brain thought we're talking about meat? Let's link in the fact that bananas can't reproduce. It's food, and they're kind of the same shit. It's phallic. Oh, it's another phallic God, food. Stefan, I want to dissect your brain. Do they can't? They can't reproduce. Anyway, carry on what you're saying. Right before we go on to the next topic. Oh, before we go on to the next topic, you know, you know how like I have random questions now and then. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I've got a perfect random question this week. I have been asked. Well, I wanted to ask this like four, three weeks ago. Okay. But because <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was... No, it's because like one week, Kyle decided to um, curse us all. Where was it going? Kyle decided to curse us all and speak to himself for like 40-odd minutes yep. before Stefan joined in. No, it's because they decided to actually give us pills and the voices Ka- vanished for a while. Ka- Kyle's pills started working. He's medicated that week. Kyle took his pills for the first time in years, <laughs> so like yeah. we weren't there to speak to him. Um, Last week, I was away due to work commitments. I was working night shift for a BBC program, and I'm away next week, so I won't be here next week. And I was bouncing. I was bouncing around between using my phone and using my laptop, which unfortunately caused a few issues. I do apologize. That episode is edited. I was supposed to go live today, but because of a tragedy that's happened, we're going to dedicate this episode to that certain tragedy. More about that at the end, and this episode will be uploaded straight away, which is weird for us. We haven't so done this since two thousand nineteen. So yeah, last week's episode is next week, and this week's episode is this week because we're. Decided it's more time relevant and all this sort of stuff. Well, uh, well yes, but we're not going to talk about it until later because everybody's heard too much about it already. Yes. But, um, so I had this random question that has been like suggested to me to ask, and I'll get to the reason why. why. Did, did <laughs> we have any, before you do that, did we have anybody reply back saying who donated the money? Because I did no. put it, I, I think, was it last week we said thank you or the week before or something? I don't remember. But it was probably last week. Which, yeah, so and... thank you very much for donating money to us. Um, that money's going to go to buy our Asta Smart Price cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, but next p- week's going to be good. Please get, in touch, <laughs> be, please get in touch so we know who donated because I don't know if we can see on the algorithm. But also, if you get in touch... If you want to recommend a topic or something you want us to try and talk about for a bit, I will happily try and delve into that topic. Just make sure it's not nothing too... I was about to say risque or over the top, but most of our topics are. But make sure it's nothing <laughs> too, like, that's literally going to get us taken off air again, please. Again. Like, don't don't make us sit here and curse King Kim Jong Il for like half right. an hour or something. I've I've realised that like we're not I can't find us on and uh, Audible, so I think we've been took off Audible again. We're no, still on Amazon Music I, though. I, I found with this morning because we were in the bloody um we were Politics. in the politician things. 
Um, yes, as Stephen's just put in, if you if you don't want to get in touch and if you want to remain an- anonymous to for the, like the donation and everything, that's perfectly fine. Just thank you very much for the donation. But if you if you don't mind being known, and if you want, we we won't shout out your name or and what. Yeah, just do what you want. But thank you very much. Donate us money. Don't don't donate us money, and we'll shout out your OnlyFans account. Hey, oh dear God. <laughs> right. Um. So me and Ashley had this conversation conversation about Kyle. I don't know why, but all right, that's Ashley's, me off the pregnant, now, <laughs> Ashley's pregnant brain came up with a scenario. So why did you say oh, that? Scenario, that way? you mean scenario? No, it's a scenario. It's a scenario. He's, he's put a on his scenario. Scenario. <laughs> yeah, he's a scenario. Yeah, he's telling my voice. poshest voice tonight. The scenario, right? So Ashley's brain yes. thought of this scenario of like she wants. Now I asked this question first, right? If you were a houseplant, what would you be? What do you mean, like what breed or something? Cause... Did you say if cat you were or plant? Plant. If you were, I thought you said cat. Potted... I thought you said cat, and I was like, <laughs> what breed cat would you be? <laughs> what we all know, you will be a catcus will because you're a prick. Right. Catcus. If you were a pot of plant. What would you be? If I was a plant? Yes. A house plant. I, I want to say... I would want to say um, Belladonna, because it's beautiful but deadly, but I'm not beautiful, so probably just something that's poisonous but doesn't look good either. Um... Maybe Jordan, what's what's the is it dragon fruit or something that absolutely stinks? Uh and doesn't look up appetizing at all. There's some fruit that absolutely stinks. It stinks like rotten flesh and garbage, and it does not look appetizing, but it's quite tasty. I feel like none of us go into like that category, but this has just reminded me of that fruit. Uh, what are you on about? A plant that. Smells like garbage, but it's tasty. Are you on about dragon fruit? Dragon fruit's really sweet and nice, but it fruit. stinks a bit. I think it's dragon fruit or something else, but it basically it smells like rotten corpses and garbage, and it doesn't look appetizing. But when you eat it, it's delicious. The plant that I'm people. thinking of smells like rotten corpses, but it doesn't. You don't eat it, so it's not the same one. It's the corpse that flower. One. Amorphophallus titanium, I think it is. It's a massive plant that only pollinates it once every five or ten years or something. And when it does open up, it smells like human flesh, like corpses. It's absolutely (coughs) disgusting. Um, And it's like a massive like event, like when people know where one is and stuff in the wild, like people will flock to it when the notes can flower and stuff because it's such a rare thing in nature. So if if we're not limited to houseplants, I'll be that just because... Why wouldn't you be as inconvenient as you possibly can? The humanity. You have to be. You have to be like a, a, a house plant. That's the question. Durian fruit. That's the one. Oh, durian. I would. I would happily be right, if I was a house plant. I think I would be a cactus. Honestly, because I've... I like hot environments. I like being hot and warm, and I don't really drink that much water. 
Well, then you could be an I'll orchid. Be... Oh, Kyle, you would be an orchid. You, you can't put it in a draft. You can't put it in direct sunlight. It doesn't like to be in the dark. You can only give it an egg cup of water every three days. It's so it's like so pissy about any change of temperature like anything. You can't be in direct sunlight, and you're really pissy. And the slim and I like tall. the dark, though. <laughs> I'll be a free... I like the dark, I, though. And the slim and tall, and the Asian. This is just you. Is okay, what well, would... <laughs> well, what would you be, Stefan, if you were a houseplant? A houseplant? No, I'd probably just be a cactus. Yeah, an orchid. A catcus. Uh, no, not a catcus. Will you stop mixing up the fucking consonants and words? <laughs> I'm not making up. Co- making up? What? Making up. What I'm not mixing cats? up continents and words. What have your cats been doing to your cactuses that you're not telling them? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Boas. My um, cat kiss, um, Boris Don- Johnson is, is doing well. Is he? I haven't watered him in like in like in a month or so. But he's he's doing well. I think he's grown more spurts. One day we're gonna come to Jay's house and he's gonna have a cat in the shape in a plant pot. Just standing in the shape of a cactus. He's been watering him. You've broken me, cactus. That's all. Cactus. If I was a plant, if I was a, I don't, if I was like a house plant, I would be a fetus fly trap. Because you're playing the arse and you're trying to bite people's fingers. Yes. Why? Because you do, you just lure that's, things that's, in by looking innocent, and then you snap thought, and break them. That's what I thought. Yeah. But the, it's it's then I thought it's pointless. What's the point? No, hold on. No, Venus flytrap is perfect for Jay because he's baby faced and looks innocent. And then when you get to know him, you realise he's a twat. But yes, yeah. But would because <laughs> he's thinking of that rare like horror movie over the top rare kind of Venus flytrap. And what I'm, I'm not, thinking is, I'm you know, not, the I'm ones like, that are like a deep a... bell and it's just got a little lid, like a smoking pipe. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jay. It's just because, like, I seen <laughs> I, I seen on Tumblr a while ago that someone put little quick like a like a Santa hat on a Venus flytrap of googly eyes, and I, I just want someone to do that to me. Just put googly eyes on me and a Santa hat in the beard. <laughs> we can easily put googly eyes on your glasses and give you a Santa hat, Jay. Why do you have to be a plant to do that? Woo! <laughs> and how is You know... It's uh, less awkward to ask if you're a plant. You, you know, can't no, ask no, at all no. anyway. This, but... this is plant-related and people do something to grow up in the house. Does Chris still exist? What? Why do you never see an egg and Chris sandwich anymore? Chris? Yeah, Chris. I love Chris. What? what no, I've never seen yeah. Chris in a while. Yeah, why did you get egg and Chris sandwiches? I mean, you don't it, get egg and Chris sandwiches, but why are they all the same? It's in, it's in Asda. It's like 50p for like a little pot thing. I think it's because it's basically, it comes in a little pot with dirt, so it's people don't like putting it in the fridge and shit. But I love it. You don't have to put it in the I, fridge. I'll usually, but what, what? I'll usually buy it for like salads and stuff. I love it. Yeah, but you used to be able to just buy egg Chris and Chris sandwiches. No, you don't. It's just egg mayonnaise. Or there's no crest in it, ever. I'm I don't know. I'm not allowed to buy those effort. type of sandwiches. People decided they didn't like crest because it got stuck in the teeth because it's that sort of wiry thing, isn't it? I mean, it's not like I it's fish crest. and wire. It's a fucking bit of crest. It's not like it's going to rip a tooth out. I will admit, to be, to be honest, sometimes it is a little bit... I don't know if it's bitter or, like... I don't know. There's something about the flavour um, where it can, 
if there's too much in it, it can overpower everything else and just make it not taste very nice. It's got a weird sort of flavour, so yeah, I think yeah. they might have just... Yeah, just do a little sprinkly sprinkle. I like egg press. Yeah, I do. And it's a nice cheaty way of having some veg, because you, if you just have like a little bit, you can't really taste it, but like you can eat a large quantity Ooh, without even realising it. Okay, this is weird. I brought a press, sorry. And Kyle said, yeah, you can, you can get it in Asda, and we'll talk about small price cocaine, and I'm just getting an email off Asda. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Your Who, small price cocaine, along with water crosses that. on its way. Asda. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you've just shown that our group chat is called Dicks and Chicks. I zoomed in, see, to say Asda, I was trying to not give away my email address as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know your email address at stefan at septicide.org Ooh. well yeah so, so people can talk to us on my other one is just so, I was going to say okay. about my private one but it's not because at the minute it's exclusively for spam I just get emails of all sorts of shit I've got like a million emails I probably read I probably get hundreds of emails a month and I'll probably read about three fucking emails for everything yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'll usually only check my emails for, like, deliveries and stuff. The rest and is just bills and spam. None of the spam... You know, um, my favourite thing about it is none of the spam goes into the spam folder, but when I get an email off work, it goes into the spam folder, even though I keep telling it that's not spam. <laughs> I get an email from I've work, got, like, uh, a up. can you sign this? And, I, and I, my, 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 my phone goes into spam. But I get an email off after saying, go pers- buy some shit, and it's like, aye, hey, you need that. I shouldn't buy things online. I've proved this this week. Yes, I've got should. I've got a personal email address, which is which mostly is used for applying for job jobs, you know, freelance and shit. Again, and job I send things through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was, which is like according to Google, uh, Google I have ninety eight percent full because I don't delete my emails, and I had that email for yeah, fucking years. Oh dear God, I delete and, emails all the time. And I've got like um, a Warner Brothers email, which I don't even use. And I haven't been on working on the same Warner Brothers production since December. And I still get emails, email updates. Right, well, sometimes you need to know what's going on. My email address <laughs> for my personal email address, I don't think it ever has more than 30 emails in at a time at the moment because I'm keep quite it. on top of it. It's got 30 red emails, and then it usually just, like, fills up within a couple of weeks to, like, 40 unread, and then I just go through and delete all the ones that are just spam, and usually I've got one <laughs> that isn't spam. Will said like he's never opened his swept aside email. I opened my swept aside email, and then I couldn't change the password, and then I haven't been in it since. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm, I'm sure, like, um, I got, there's been, like, a mass production email send around how to change your password. You did, but the issue is... Kyle, Kyle, oh, I didn't try it after. I haven't out either. I didn't try it after, because <laughs> I have to go back in and find the email that had the randomly generated password. Oh, God. Just send... Wait, what you do is... Yeah, we may have emails for not responding a... to people, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a support email, which... You send your password, ask for a password reset to, and they'll send a random generated one as long as you can prove it's you. I, I, I still get, I'm getting emails I'll from Acast and stuff. So, but no, um, 
Mythology. What the hell were we talking about before we went on to water quests and all these random shit? Bananas. Bananas can't be good use. Bananas, yeah, bananas okay. Because I've got yeah, something go to, the next to do with topic. submarine. I've got yeah, I've got something to do with submarines loaded up, which I think I was sink into the water. Uh, submarine banana. Why do we all subs? To be fair, I love submarines, but did you know? We're not talking about the explanation of house of the house plan question. The, apparently, the, there's there's only um there's only ever been one documented underwater submarine versus submarine battle. So you know how in in like famously in like Red October, there's submarine versus submarine action, and the the underwater and the shooting torpedoes at each other and all this sort of scheming and stuff. Apparently, there's only actually been one real life case where a submarine has fought a submarine. Uh, no, you, n- uh, not one real life case. You said one documented. That's because when well, one sub- documented. Two, if two submarines are underwater fighting each other, no one else can see it, and one of them doesn't make it home, or both of them. That's maybe why. Well, no, I'm saying documented because it does actually say there's only been one. Su- there's only been one, like submarine versus submarine battle. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm saying documented is because I am assuming there probably have been a couple more that just like neither sides told the tale, like neither side survived to tell the tale because they've ended up being sunk by each other or something. But apparently, <laughs> only. Due to the fact that they are stealth hunters and everything, there's only one undersea sub engagement has ever taken place under decidedly unique circumstances. Okay, yeah, I can't. Uh, it's 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 not to say that submarines haven't sunk other submarines, but it's because much like in World War Two and all that sort of stuff, submarines were on the surface a lot of the time because they still ran on diesel engines and everything. They had to go down and run on electric engines, and it could only last for a certain amount of time, a few hours, so they would have to surface. So a lot of submarine engagements with other submarines would either be done on the surface, or it would be ships versus submarines, because submarines were made to basically be against... Submarine versus a submarine on the surface, where they're recharging, is still a submarine versus submarine battle. Yes, however, this specifically says submarine versus submarine underwater battle. Okay. With it. That's the specification. That's why I specified underwater. All right, sorry, fucking hell. Just because I forgot we said one word. <laughs> <laughs> but because there's the thing, it says um, the, the first the first touch kill for a submarine apparently occurred in World War One when the U twenty seven sank the British E three. Dozens of other engagements have occurred during the two world wars. Uh, however, in all but one case, the victims were surfaced. Uh, this was foremost because the submarines of the era needed to spend most of the time on the surface to run their air-breathing diesel engines. They could only run underwater for hours at a time, and there was also not much, not much, very good sensory equipment on both the subs because it was the World War that didn't really have all the hydrophones and everything that they've got now. Uh, so... All these different issues, plus torpedoes, the main weapon of a submarine, is designed to shoot and go up so that it hits the certain depth of a keel of a ship. Mm -hmm. So it's designed to go up. Uh, You could change it. However, it takes time and it will still try to go up. The tin fish, as it's nicknamed, will still try to go up. Uh, Apparently, on... 
1945. Apparently, on February 5th, 1945, the U-boat U-864 slipped from its key in Bergen as it departed on a secret ni- mission known only as Operation Caesar. Uh, its compartments were filled with key technology and resources that Na- Nazis Germany planned on transferring to Japan. These included schematics and components for Ju- Juno Jumo 004 turbojets to aid the development of the Japanese fi- jet fighters, and two engineers from the aviation manufacturer Messerschmitt. There was also guidance components for V2 ballistic missiles and two Japanese technical experts. It carried more than 67 tons of liquid mercury, uh, 1,008 carried inside 1,857 steel flasks. The mercury had been purchased but not entirely delivered from Italy in 1942 and was key in the manufacture of explosives. So what we've learned there is Italy's not very good at delivering stuff to Germany. Well, I mean, Italy is not a reliable country in general. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. Really, Nina, uh, he was unreliable, to be honest. Uh, apparently, Captain Ralph Raymar Wolfram uh, was given the mission to set sail, set sail in the long-range submarine north around Norway, then across the Arctic Circle past Soviet territory to deliver the goods. Germany was only months away from falling, but Berlin hoped that the technology and materials would allow Japan to stay longer in the fight and divert Allied power. Uh, it was a cruise. It was classed as a cruiser submarine, and it was eighty-seven point five meters long. Uh, it was so it was longer than the more common Type Seven U-boat. Uh, it was designed for all these long-range patrols and all that sort of stuff, as well as a snorkeling mask to allow the submarine to sip air from the surface while showerly, showerly, shallowly, shallowly submerged. Yes. <laughs> So that is, I think that's going to be a key factor in the story. Is basically it was submerged, but just barely. Do you think? Right, just just a random. It's just a random thought that just popped into my head right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think like the thousand odd people who listen to us weekly, well monthly, want to know about No, only tune in to listen to us um, butcher the English language. Probably, probably. <laughs> what I will say is, can you be imagine, right? You're an inventor, right? You, you invent this thing, you go, you go, I got a new thing, right? It's a new marine I got a new vessel. Thing. It's a new marine vessel, right? I'll go and call it a submarine because it can submerge. Right, what's the point in it? Well, it's like a boat, but you can go underwater and sneak up on people. Oh, that's awesome. How long can it be underwater for? Well, I mean, it has to be a normal boat most of the time because it, it's just a boat flow when you go underwater. And it could only shoot upwards, so it's useless if you're not if you're fighting something when you're charging your batteries. But you can have a <laughs> yes, it's long and hard and full of semen. Yes, well, say <laughs> just like Maddie McCann. Oh, and it only does its job Damn. a small amount at the time. Dear God, because uh, <laughs> it lasts yeah, very okay, long and wet. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut. I'll cut this uh, story a bit short. Oh, they really cut us it, out. It does. It it does go on for quite a while. But basically, it it was a HMS Adventurer, the first of the new V class submarines, 
which and it received orders from the Royal Navy Command to hunt down and destroy the U-864. Uh, basically, it ended up going there. They managed to narrowly miss each other, but misfiring of the engines allowed one of them to detect the other. Uh, the German submarine had to go back to port that had just been bombed and everything to go and get repairs, unfortunately, which the British submarine was basically sitting there waiting because it was hunting the ships that were at that port. <laughs> when When it was in its telescope looking for targets, it saw what they thought was another periscope, which was more than likely actually the Germans uh, the Germans snorkel. Uh, it could operate f- underwater for extended periods of time, so the German submarine began zigzagging side to side, having detected the British ship itself, so they basically probably saw each other's periscopes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. After three hours of pursuit, the Ventura was running short on Barry and would have soon surfaced itself. So the captain decided he would simply have to attack the U-boat while it remained submerged and then surface. He calculated a three-dimensional intercept for his torpedoes, estimating his adversary's depth by the height of the snorkel that was protruding from the water. Uh, However, he also knew that the enemy submarine would quickly detect a torpedo launch and planned his firing solution to account for evasive manoeuvres. So he he fired a salvo of four torpedoes in a spread with 17 seconds between each launch, and then it dove to avoid a counter-attack. The U-boat dove as well to, to be evasive, and after four minutes, it managed to duck under three of the torpedoes, but the British sub had launched the second pair of torpedoes at lower depths, so the fourth torpedo struck the U-boat, breaking it in two as it was diving. The gruesome sound of ri- of popping rivets and cracking metal filled the Ventura's hydrophones. The U-boat fell 150 meters to the bottom of the ocean, taking with it all 73 onboard sinking, onboard uh, sinking Operation Caesar along with it. More than half a century later, the wreck of the U-boat was found in 2003 by the Norwegian Navy, two miles off Fedje. I know that uh, it, it makes was discovered sense. That the, Sorry, go it on. It was discovered. It, they, they even found the cargo. It was uh, the poisonous liquid mercury had been slowly seeping from the flasks into the surrounding ocean. After spending 15 years evaluating the risks of raising the wreck and all the dangerous unexploded torpedoes, um, sorry, it's just completely flung us around. <laughs> uh, that explains why the fish are. Like absorbent male partners and detach their penises for further use. That's and that's deeper than 150 meters, Jay. This is like this is the <laughs> twilight zone in the ocean, or the midnight zone. Actually, you live where there's no light. Um, I know that I know that it makes sense, but how stupid on the surface does it sound? That a quick a submarine shooting with oh, uh, what should we do? Quick, get in the water. Well, yeah. It's it's sort of what they do, and I think they would have yeah, assumed no, that another submarine's not going to attack. Another... <laughs> I think they would have assumed that they're not going to like attack each other because it it wasn't really the standard and like the protocol or anything to try and attack each other in the water because you can't see what you're shooting at. You're literally relying on yeah. 
pure mathematic calculations and guesswork. So the, it, it's <laughs> sort of a, for for any logical captain, it's a waste of ammunition. You're better off just letting that sub go and hunting after the merchant ships <laughs> that would be in the port. That, and stuff that's, like that. that's if, a point for any logical captain. If I was a, a submariner. I'll be like, fuck, like, and we're like, Jay, do the mathematical equations to shoot the enemy sub. Yes. What do we hit? Think we hit Antarctica two miles the south. The <laughs> amount, the amount of calculations that go, in, that oh, used oh, to hold go on, into this sort of shit. It was I, amazing. I, I, I usually let Jay off of this, but I'm gonna, I know you're not great at geography. I don't think that, where were they from? Berlin or something. I don't think that Germany, either way, is too no, way. Norway. I don't think that Norway, that's Norway. even worse. I don't think Norway is two miles north of Antarctica. <laughs> it was, no, it was but like the truffle. It was, it was, it was a port the truffle called the Bergen or Bergen. They were like near, they were near, um, I think Berlin is a port. They were near, um, <laughs> bloody I'm just as bad. Norway. I'd be, I'd be amazed if a submarine was at Berlin. It's gone, it's lost if it is. <laughs> Although, if you uh, did find a submarine at Berlin and you were in your submarine, it would be very hard for it to die on the war. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently, the Norwegian Navy found the wreck in 2003, and in hmm. 2017, they decided, because it had exploding, unexploded torpedoes and had like liquid mercury slowly seeping into the water and everything, they entombed it with a half metre of sand and 160,000 tonnes of rock to prevent further contamination, thus forming a cairn for the German submarine that had met its terrible fate. Can we just upload this There is an unexploded, there's unexploded torpedoes, put 150,000 tonnes of rock on top of it. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, it's it, it, the submarine is actually split. The su submarine split in half. I'm assuming the torpedoes are inside the submarine still. Yeah, but still, so it's sort if of... it gives way, there's potentially you could set it yeah, off. Yeah, but I'm, I'm guessing they're probably still contained. And the thing is, you had to arm the torpedoes. They were never fully armed. You had to arm them before you loaded them, and they would never arm them until they knew they were firing. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming they're all unarmed. It's just they could explode if something. <laughs> If something off. really heavy crushes them, <laughs> I mean, I've got for example one, one second because <laughs> one second because I did go to the um, oh what was it the museum in London the what the army museum what's it called? Yeah, Royal Armory or something. Yeah, that is the Royal Armory. I couldn't remember the name for it. Now the podcast is silence while Kyle researches. <laughs> um, Alex has posted in the Facebook live stream, mm -hmm. it's Bergen, not a burger, Kyle. Bergen, it's a Bergen second time, so let him off. Yeah, but like... It is Bergen. It is Bergen. It's Bergen or Bergen. Uh, this is a submarine commander, pocket guide, for oh, the time period. Kyle. It's I got it from the from the museum. It's literally got bits about the German submarines, the American submarines, the English submarines, all the different bits and pieces. It's highly detailed and literally has excerpts from the manuals and all that sort of shit. And like, if 
I highly recommend anybody who's sort of into engineering and technical uh, Anybody who wants to invade a this. country and has a submarine. <laughs> Even if Just don't let us um, command your submarine. It is amazing. Because Kyle does not know where he's going, and that's how we end up two miles off Antarctica, and that's how and have me you being shit at maths send, um, send missiles to Antarctica. <laughs> No, I'm the one who flies and ends up in Antarctica. You're the one who fires missile torpedoes and ends up in Antarctica somehow. From that, I'm going to move on to British topics. British. Because it is to do with our... Well, the, the reason this episode's coming out tonight and not next week. Uh, yeah. So, the first one is from a website that is called World Tea News. Yes, oh, indeed, thoughts, there's yeah. a website dedicated to tea. There's a website dedicated <laughs> to tea called the Pussington Post. I know, it's amazing, it's beautiful. Can we just... And according Stephen. to this website, yes. called World Tea News... Um, someone has sent a message to the... To them um, taking off their live stream on Facebook. Mm. Someone tell Stefan I think Boris is with him. Boris. Who's Boris? Your cactus. Uh, uh no, um, Nina said it, so Boris is with you apparently. Sugar, fuck off. Who's Boris? That's a, that's a believed spirit that she thinks is in here. And it freaks us out. <laughs> Do you want to borrow my Luigi board? Nina, do you want to borrow no, my Luigi board? No, we don't want your Luigi board, as you keep calling it. Luigi, Luigi, Luigi. It's Ouija. It's actually, do you know that it's actually Ouija? It's, it's two different ways of saying yes. It's Ouija and y'all. It's Ouija. Yeah. I love the. It's a Luigi board. You put it down, and all it says is "Mamma Mia." <laughs> Start through past right. right. Uh, so, according to our World Tea website, uh, this is news from three years ago, so it's probably more now due to uh, price increases, but apparently the average British tea drinker will spend $20,000 or pounds on tea in, in their life. So, everybody drinking tea... Uh, in your lifetime, you may actually spend £20,000 on tea alone. Well, Isn't that just ridiculous? Well, the coffee is bad. I don't drink tea. Well, only ta- we, we had like a shit ton of tea bags because like, we used to have some like a friend who used to come over a lot and they would only drink tea, but like they don't even bother with us anymore. So we had tea bags just sat there for ages. Then the baby in Ashley's stomach has turned around and says, I don't like coffee anymore. So Ashley can't drink coffee without puking it back up. I like either. So, therefore, she drinks tea more than anyone at the minute. Yeah, but, but, uh, but, well, I don't know, because I've been trying to cut down on Coke and I've had a lot of tea. (laughs) Kyle, Coca-Cola. Kyle's cutting down on Asta's coat. Cutting down on the red tins, yes. Uh, But uh, I'm going through some of the topics on this website. You have to speak tosh, posh, posh, tosh. (laughs) Speak tosh. When you talk about tea. You have to speak speak tosh tosh when you talk about tea. You're speaking tosh. Uh, (laughs) 
but some of the some of the articles are quite interesting. Uh, so for example, we have one saying, "Can tea rival sports drinks in the athletic world?" I'm pretty sure that's what they drank in the 1980s or 70s or Victorian period for athleticism, and I'm pretty sure it didn't help. Uh, you've got how to use it for the culinary palate. Uh, the seven secrets of thriving successful tea rooms. Notes on five key strategies for being a tea leader. Uh, apparently there is a revolution tea. And personalized water for drinking or making tea is now possible. So it's full of tea, tea sort of topics. So if you are British, go and check it out. If you are not British but you like tea, go and check it out. It looks quite interesting. It does have products and equipment in random bits and pieces. But honestly, I just love the fact that there's a website dedicated to tea that isn't oh. the spiffing Brit on YouTube. Kyle only <laughs> decided to pick this um, topic out of the blue is the fact that Kyle has a massive obsession with tea. He does. I love tea. I am British. I love tea. I love how British... Kyle is like the most un-British posh person you probably meet until you get him started on tea. Then his hands would go and he'd be like, I love tea. Yes. That, that's yes, the Italian and then he has yeah. to express with his hands in his talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the Luigi board. We, we require tea. <laughs> get the Luigi board out and start <laughs> drinking the tea. <laughs> Uh, I, well, oh. I don't know. That was my contribution to that conversation. That's... Why does someone <laughs> want me to say that? I have no idea. I'm going to butcher it wherever it's pronounced. Traskatatut. Traskatatut. He's on the live stream on Facebook that I'm not. Uh, no, Jay sent me it. It's in oh. the. It's in our group chat. Jay sent the p- picture because someone asked us to do something. Your brother, I believe. Now, be a donation. Please go to um, patreon.com for slash taken affair or acast dot com. Then support our dot acast dot com for slash taken affair. That's right. Did you say support our dot? I don't know support what to support link. Our dot doesn't need support. support uh, we need support because apparently 38, 37% of Brits think they have a job that is utterly useless. I, I, I do! I, I do. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, it's, the, it's World Economic Forum. Apparently a growing number of people think their job is useless and it's time to rethink the meaning of work. Uh, it's... Uh, in America, American jobs, it's seven. It's sorry, it's a thirty-four, thirty-four percent of people believe. Thirty-four percent of people no, in the sorry, UK. Thirty-seven. 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 So that's people, because uh, percent the other sixty-three percent are unemployed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in a study that has already racked up several hundred citations, uh, scholars at Oxford University have estimated that no less than 54% of jobs in Europe are at high risk of being usurped by machines. Uh, not in 100 years or so, but in the next 20. The only real difference between enthusiasts and skeptics is a time frame because we all know it's going to happen. Um, but apparently, uh, basically everybody's saying, 
uh, in a 2013 survey, 12,000 professionals uh, said they felt they sorry, half of that number, because they only did 12,000 people, half of them said they felt their job had no meaning and significant uh, significance, uh, and an equal number were unable to relate to their company's mission, while another poll among 230,000 people uh, in 142 countries showed that only 13% of workers actually liked their job. Uh, a recent poll among Brits revealed that as many as 37% think they have a job that is utterly use- useless. They have what anthropologist David Graeber refers to as bullshit jobs. On paper, these jobs sound fantastic, and yet there are scores of successful professionals with imposing LinkedIn profiles and impressive salaries who nevertheless go home every evening grumbling that their work serves no purpose. It's basically people, it's probably people who sit there and don't actually do anything at all, or just sit there and sign documents and don't actually do anything, but they still somehow have a job. There's lo- there's you'll find it in every sort of company. There'll be someone who never seems to work, but still has a job and still gets paid. That's me. Um, it it does say <laughs> it's it does say to clear things up. It's not talking about sanitation workers, teachers, nurses, uh, people who go on strike, all that sort of things. Uh, they're talking about the growing armies of consultants, bankers, tax advisors, managers, and others who earn their money in strategic trans-sector peer-to-peer meetings to brainstorm the value add-on uh, co-creation in the network society. So basically people who network and talk to people for a living and who like are just managers and things like that. Managers are oh, shit to bed. It is basically just people who have gotten to, like, sort of the higher-up positions, where there's positions like supervisor of da-da-da, where they don't actually do anything. They do fuck all other than have meetings every once in a while. So they feel like they don't do any sort of work or anything like that, but they still get paid. They still It's still a job, but they just feel as though they do absolutely fuck all. Which I'm amazed a lot of people... W- I'm amazed 37% actually admitted to it because I'm pretty sure the number would be higher because there's a lot of jobs where you look at companies and you just think that is a completely useless role and you've only got that job because you know someone. There's a lot of places like that where you you can just instantly see, like, just from certain job titles, certain job titles and companies, you'll look at it and know instantly that it's a make-believe job that someone's got because... They either couldn't get rid of them, so they downgraded them to this job where they can give them less and shit like that. Or it's just a job for someone who knows someone who they don't actually want there and they don't, they don't do work, but they've got this role. Which is <laughs> very wrong. unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to move on to... Jay, you like films. Yes. And Stefan, uh, I, do you like the Alien films? I think you do. Yeah, I do. You? I don't know what, um, yeah? Yeah. I don't dislike them. Uh, so, <laughs> this is about the Alien films. Uh, stop talking about Starbucks in the chat, for fuck's sake. I was actually talking about my dolls. Okay. Uh, both, anyway. Um, this is, I don't know if Jay knows about this, Bolaji Badeo, 
I don't know if you recognise the name, Jay. The name rings a bell. Uh, he played the alien in the first Alien film, and it's his yes, only he... screen credit. Yeah, because basically Whitley Scott and a few people went into a cl- into like a local pl- club around um, the studios, and Dan Bessie the was the tall, really tall guy, and like they were like, "Listen, mate, do you fancy being a part of this film machine?" And he was, "Uh, maybe. Why do you need me?" It's like, "Well, you're the tallest guy, and I can probably fit in the alien costume that we've got for it." He was like, "Ah, yeah, okay, fair enough." So. Bless his soul, he's not a trained actor, he's not trained anything, he did his best. He was very flexible and very skinny, so he was basically Kyle, but a little bit taller. Don't yeah. know how flexible Kyle is. He, 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 was, he was a 6 foot 10 uh, oh, just Nigerian. a bit taller. So just a bit taller, by like a foot. <laughs> so he tried his best, you know, given the circumstances that Bless him. he was... N- <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pulled from a pub. And um, there's a lot of deleted scenes of this awkward crab walk they got them to do. And no, it just, there's, it just there's looked like a lost thing. puppy half the time. But bless his soul, he died a few years later of um, leukemia. Yeah, the, the like thing you. he had... Um, no, uh, he's, he died from sickle cells, cell disease in 1992. Uh, he didn't really talk to many, but basically he he was squeezing into these rubber suits, and the the acid was made of KY jelly to mimic it. Um, they they were looking for basketball players, and even considering the person who played Jabaka, Peter Mayhew, uh, for it, but they were they weren't quite right for it. They wanted like a praying mantis. So that's why they got this really skinny but really tall person because they needed someone incredibly tall with long legs so that when they crouched down, it gave the impression of like an insect. Just a long-legged neck guy. Uh, he was actually <laughs> the son of the director general of the Nigerian Broadcasting Corporation and a, and a welfare administrator. Uh, he went on to study in Ethiopia and then the US before moving to London to study graphics arts. Uh, the Somme and ca- called up Ridley Scott and everything, like, had a look at him. He had physical trainers build up muscles in certain bo- areas of his body uh, and took up mime classes, which was to teach him to move how to, like, how to move for according to Scott's wishes, because the idea was that the creature was supposed to be graceful as well as vicious, requiring slow, deliberate movements. The issue with it was that the alien's head, nearly a metre in length, basically cut off nearly all of his vision. He had to do practice bits, like practice the scenes and everything, with the unavoidable sensory deprivation. But basically, he could only breathe a little bit, and he could, could only see a little bit, and nothing much else. He could barely see what was going on, except when he was in a stationary position while they were filming. Then there were a few holes that he could look through, but it was terribly hot, and he could only have it on for 15 or 20 minutes at a time. When he took it off, his head would be absolutely soaked and drenched, so they would have to basically dry him, and then go like go back into the suit. Um, apparently, they did sound like sex maniacs, because when they were trying to find oh, well. the slime and acid... They tried wallpaper paste and stuff, but it didn't work. So they got KY jelly, which was at all the pharmacies, hospitals, and sex shops in the area. 
and bought all the KY jelly they could, so they sounded like a bunch of sex mania. Can I just... Right. Uh, pharmacies... Well, the KY jelly was available at the pharmacies and hospitals, as well as the sex shops, but we went with the sounded like sex mania. Also, who is the person? Because I bet there was... Uh, Whoever draws the shortest straw situation and someone lucky bastard had to go into a sex shop and go, I want all your KY jelly. I think they were just phoning them up, yeah. <laughs> um, well, either way. Apparently the, apparently, the suit stood seven foot tall, but the set was only six foot seven inches. So the set itself. That was doesn't sound like good planning. The, the set itself was three inches shorter than him standing up normally. And then the suit added on a couple of inches to him. So that's why he was always permanently crouched and everything. It was designed so that he had to crouch and move like that. Um, but he was, so he was on a shrunken set, covered in lubricant and largely blind. So it was not a glamorous glob job, yet <laughs> he never complained. <laughs> he, he never, he never complained. He kept it inside himself and he just, Got on with it. Apparently, yeah, well, uh, the the quoted as saying that the supervisor says it must have been very strange for him to have been the center attraction, we coming from like literally not doing anything, but they knew they were dealing with an iconic body, and now they uh, they did offer to have him back for the second Alien film, I believe, but he refi- he refused, and he did actually <coughs> go on to run an art gallery in Nigeria. Uh, he died age 39, leaving two children behind. Another random fact about that film, Alien. They needed more lights, and I didn't really have the budget to get more lights. Anyway, but they needed like a certain laser lights. Um, but they heard a commotion into the sound so stage up the next door. Air shops and went, I want all your glow-in-the-dark buttons. No, they, they they heard commotion <laughs> next door about um, a band practicing because this band was going to go on tour and the band was the Who, and <laughs> this they band. went along and <laughs> mm-hmm. this band's called mm-hmm. the Who. So they went down oh, to the yeah. ne- to the sound stage next door at um at the studios they're shooting at, and they asked to borrow the laser lights. Yeah, so I mean, why not? We annoy Cadbury's and uh, well, what's his name? What's his name? Elon, Elon Musk. Musk, right? Elon Musk. What Ridley Scott was wandering around annoying sex shops in the Who. Yeah. <laughs> <Not the> sex <laughs> shops. <laughs> <coughs> um. Anyway, but, going from but, the sex and the Who. Put it this way: um, Ridley Scott is <laughs> a northerner, right, and he was. Ridley Scott is a northerner. He's from around these parts. Yeah. So if he could do it, then we can do it. Let's take inspiration from exactly. Ridley Scott. I don't want to annoy the who. I quite like them. <laughs> Besides the getting old. Yeah, you you can't you don't feel like bullying them. They're, they're so old, it's just not fun anymore. <laughs> All right, Kyle. We're not bullies. Right, segue from the who and... Sex shit. shops. Um, Sex shops. I, I, I am going to say just quickly, uh, I did read somewhere that when Jimi Hendrix and the band were touring, they lost a packet of weed down a sink, ended up bor- begging tools and stuff to completely dismantle the sink with like 20 minutes to get on stage. Dismantled the entire sink, got the bag of weed. Re- like I don't know if they put it back together, 
but apparently they smoked it and it was some of the best weed they ever had. They did a fantastic performance. Do you expect <laughs> anything different? <laughs> Uh, also, and, I have uh, uh, apparently the, the the Rolling Stones. Uh, their manager walked into their dressing room, shouting, "The police are here!" Uh, so they all began flushing cocaine and stuff, only for the band, the police, to walk in five minutes later. Ah, uh, but that was a bit of a sting. <laughs> sting didn't play in the hoop. Yep. It's not the who, the police. The police dipshit. No, right. Sorry, fucking hell. This one sentence. <laughs> he said the police were here for the for, 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 for the, the police, thought, the, the band, the police, the police came the in. Police That's I got lost in that. I was reading at the same who time. Who turned up? The police. <laughs> who turned up? The police. The police who? I was reading. It I wasn't going straight, probably. I just heard police. Okay. Um... Shall we go, Jay? You talk. You had something to say, and then shall we go on to our final thing of the night? Before you do, uh, I will let Jay say what, what do he's saying. I've got a film related. What do I have to say? I don't know. I thought you had something to say. I don't know. You were you were gonna interject Kyle? with something. Kyle said you had something to say. To say. Better make some shit up. <laughs> okay, dokey. Right? Did you know that seals rape penguins? And then the the babies are called no, peels and they look like seals wearing tuxedos. Not that. Um, okay, S- Stefan, go. <laughs> oh, don't put me on the spot if I have anything practical. Yeah, right. I'm, assu- I'm assuming it had something to do with music, Jay, because it was when I was talking about really like the boogie. Um, Jimmy That's Hendrix trying to get his hash back. We really like the boogie. Right, Jay's got distracted by his own mind. So, Jay, do you Let's know about Stephen? Ambience. About ambience. What kind of ambience? Like um, facial ambience or cinematic atmosphere the experimental ambience? Experimental film that was directed by Swedish director Anders Weberg. So, ambience. I'll tell you about this. I'm going to tell you about this. Directed by someone called Anders is trouble. So, it had it initially had a projected release date of of December thirty first, twenty twenty, and had will have a running time of seven hundred and twenty hours, which is thirty days. Oh yes, Um, I posted this in the will. You should remember this. Um, I posted like a news article about it. And uh, when we were at university, in our university um, class group. So, yeah, so it had two trailers of the film. The first was released in 2014 and was 72 minutes long. So it is the longest film trailer ever released. Uh, he released a second trailer that was in 2016 that took the record again at 439 minutes long, which is seven hours and 20 minutes. And he stated that he would release a 72-hour trailer in 2018, but it never came to fruition. Uh, and the second trailer was going to be a single take. Uh, second trailer, sorry, was a single take with no cuts. On the third of January, twenty twenty one, he posted on his Twitter as well as on the official site uh, for the film "C'est Fini," uh, which is obviously it's finished. And I'm sorry, Will, fuck you, before you even complain about my pronunciation of that. Um, so yeah, he quit directing <laughs> as of twenty twenty one, and uh, it's unknown if it was ever finished. But it was it. It had a runtime of 43,200 minutes, which was exactly 30 days. And what was meant to be happened, it was meant to be screened once 
globally all over theaters and then once it had finished it was going to be destroyed it was never going to be seen again and i thought that was the longest film right but it wasn't because the hungarian wife no i found a film called logistics which is a 2012 Swedish experimental art film by Erika Magnusson oh. and Daniel Andersson. It is 51,420 minutes, which is 857 hours, so it's 35 days and 17 hours long. The longest film ever made. And it is, basically, in 2008, they asked themselves where modern electronic gadgets come from. They conceived an idea to follow the production cycle cycle of a pedometer in reverse chronological order from the end where it's bought by the consumer all the way back to the origin of the manufacturer. The route of the journey commenced in Stockholm, proceeded through Gothenburg, uh, Bremerhaven, Rotterdam, uh, Malaga, and finished in Shenzhen at the manufacturer in Boan. And basically... The project was filmed in real time during a trip, during a trip to and in locations at a factory, following the route of the product's manufacture from the store in Stockholm where it was purchased, all the way back to the factory in China where it was manufactured. So, if you want to, and you've got to spare thirty-five days and seventeen hours, you can watch how a pedometer is made backwards. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds what, quite interesting. Kind of would, but I don't think it, I don't think I would. What last. I what I want to know is how does it take thirty? Was it thirty-seven days? Well, was it no thirty-five days? How does it take thirty-five days and seventeen hours to make a pedometer? Uh, I'm guessing that includes work breaks and loads of. I <laughs> Full of people like, on the factory. <laughs> right, like we should live stream this for charity. Extremely short. Hmm. <laughs> Real says he likes to see you do it faster. I bet um, I can make a pedometer in less than 35 days. I appreciate their dedication. I really do appreciate their dedications for ambience and logistics. Uh, to be honest, working on high-end TV dramas and feature films, it takes fucking ages to do a, like, a five... Like, when you watch a film or something on TV... That five simple five seconds like that will take a day or a day and a half to actually film. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate their dedication. Even even like animation stuff, there was something that I saw uh, for a five second animation bit. There was like two. There was an entire page worth of comments and script. That this part didn't have any like words or anything like that to go with it. It was literally just notes to the animator, and that was only like the first quick thing just to get like the basic outline of it done. There was then multiple hours afterwards, but it was like a full page just for a five second little snippet bit. Hmm. So, and that was just the notes to the animator saying it needs to move this way exactly. It needs to go this. Imagine, way. imagine spending thirty five days following a product's lifestyle backwards though. In real time. I mean, I feel like you. I feel like you could just take the CCTV footage and then just release that. I, I kind of want to release a counter ambience, which is just called screen <laughs> which is just a, which is just a, a, rec- a recording of like a Windows ninety four screen or ninety five screensaver. Can you imagine the audience in this... for like forty days? Can you imagine <laughs> the audience in there? 
in the cinema watching that, as soon as the little corner of the DVD, like the DVD or the little screen saver hits the corner, they'll be screaming like pure football fans, like, yes! <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that was the celebration you had. Seeing that little dot hit the corner, it was like the most magical thing in the world because you were like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I missed by like a centimeter. We were so easily pleased as children. <laughs> we were. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll miss that. Before we go on to the next topic, um, used to, right? This is still on the film topic. There was a group of teenagers in America at the age of 18, right? So that's they are legal consent. This was a few years ago. They were film Whoa, students. I don't, and... I don't like a story that has to say they were of legal consent. <laughs> they were legal consent. <laughs> so they basically needed money to help with tuition, with tuition fees and other stuff because America is fucking expensive. They weren't lucky like us. And um, basically, they made artistic pornography and they called it a war of lights. And they used a Canon, Canon US 60D with a 35mm lens with Christmas lights to make beautiful, like these, these are beautiful landscapes made out of bodywork. And like when you're watching it, it's weird until you realize this is supposed to be a porno and it doesn't even look like a porno. Hold on. It's. They were 18. Yes. But don't you have to be 21 to watch Porn America, which means they couldn't watch their own film for three years? No, you have to be 18 to watch porn in America. America's back up. You have to be 18 to act in porn, watch porn, but 21 to drink. I'm sure you have to be 21 to watch porn in America. No, it's still 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like all the weird stuff. But it depends, yeah. I was just going to say, but it depends on the state. Ashley's just said in the chat, it depends on the state. Yeah. But yeah, it's a... I love all the budget stuff that you that you can find where it's people not having the money to do a project, so they just go to do invent some massively weird and unconventional technique, and it it looks amazing. And that's the issue with Hollywood these days, right? Hollywood has all these massive amounts of money. Now, for it, at remakes and adaptation adaptations of well-known books and comics, making like Instead a state making something new. It's making state thing like. So it's making statements of like things. Oh yeah, this is your favorite comic. This is your favorite book. Look at it on big screen. Um, this was your favorite film like years ago when you were children. Look at it. We made, we branded, we knew. There's a lot of indie people out there and I have amazing creative new ideas and they're hard to get a funding because it's a risk that a lot of Hollywood would not is willing to take. And that's just wrong. And that's the issue with my, if mine and Will's industry. It's an issue with every industry, though. Anything new usually gets knocked back for century, like years, sometimes centuries. It's like Da Vinci designed submarines and airplanes and stuff, but they didn't get made until long after he died, purely because nobody wanted to try them or embrace the fact that he was a genius or anything like that. I mean, it's not people don't like new. It's ingrained in human biology. To be untrusting. Of ah, you. Do you know what I was, I was going to say? Um, uh, sorry. Um, you know. Um, right. I, I was, like it when Stefan. Yeah. No. My my brain goes and then it goes too fast for us to actually think. I'm already about ten minutes in the conversation ahead of what I was trying to say to you. Right. So, uh, in I was going to say. No, you said no one wanted to embrace it. And I was like, yeah, but in the 16th century or whatever it was, that's probably totally wrong. 
would you be willing to strap yourself to this thing that a man said would fly and just glide off a building or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, or go underwater where you probably you could drown. It could just keep sinking and never come back up. Um, and then uh, it reminds us of uh, New York thought that the future of post was going to be, you know, the tubes that you see in films. Uh, these are the post, <coughs> post offices and stuff, post rooms in America, where they'll yeah. put it in like a tube and then they'll go up and it, and it, whatever office. The, 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 the Futurama yes. mail system. Right. They yeah. thought that was going to be, yes, pneumatic, pneumatic tubes. So the, 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 the idea is one, it'll either have extreme suction or extreme pressure from the other end. Uh, to either pull or push to then which end you, and it'll be gone to wherever it's going. Uh, they thought that that was yeah. going to be the future of post. And there was a, there was, I remember, I don't know exactly, but the guy, uh, there was an underground one that was meant to be like, instead of getting on the train, you put yourself in the cylinder and just, right? And it was, it done like 70 mile an hour or something like that, or faster. And this guy was demonstrating it to people who were kind of skeptical. And he was like, look at how this boy will travel the distance faster than a train or whatever. And, Strapped his ten-year-old nephew who was fucking terrified, and the singer just sent him away. <laughs> he didn't even get any selfies. Just like, like oh. <laughs> I feel like that would be brilliant, but also like I think depending on the time period, he would have just become a chimney sweep or something anyway. So, <laughs> but like, I'll try and I want to know: Did the child survive? <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Assume. Yeah, actually, I agree. Someone needs to sound clip Stefan's noise that, that he makes for the pneumatic <laughs> tubes, just for like a message to him. <laughs> right, Kyle, it's gone down to the two-hour mark. Right, okay, so it's time, everybody, for the main Before event you of this evening. Um, it was Josiah Latimer Clark issued a patent for the conveying letters and parcels between places by the air pressure and vacuum. In 1853, he installed a 220-yard pneumatic system between the London Stock Exchange and the Threadneedle Street in London and the offices of the tele- Electric Telegraphic Company in Loth- Lothbury. Um, and then... Uh, there were 21 miles of tubes in London by 1880, so apparently we thought it was going to be a, a big thing as well. Um, in 18, <laughs> yeah, in, in 1812, George Medhurst first proposed but never implemented blown passenger carriages through a tunnel, precursors of the pneumatic tube systems for passenger transport to the atmospheric railway for which the tube was laid between the rails with a piston in it suspending the train through a sealable slot of the tube. Um, and there was loads of them. And then in 1861, the London Pneumatic Dispatch Company built a system large enough to move a person, but it was intended for parcels. The inauguration of the new Holborn Station on the 10th of October 1865 was marked by the Duke of Buckingham, the chairman, and some t- company directors blown through the tube to Euston, which is a five-minute trip. So, yeah. Right. But this, I remember reading so, somewhere that he, we'll, someone, whoever sorted this out, sent his nephew through first. Yeah, so we're going to move on to the main thing. Um, <laughs> as most of you will have seen, uh, we Brits lost a very important person today. We lost Prince Philip. He has sadly passed away at the age of 99, only a few weeks or a few months away from his 100th birthday. Two months. Uh, he's, so he had 
um, health difficulties. He was in hospital a few days, I think it was like 20 days or something ago, with heart complications and health health, uh, complications, because of course he's 99, he's got health issues and all sorts. Uh, and he has unfortunately passed away today. It was announced at midday. So the world has lost a amazing man, uh, a fantastic leader and royal, one of the longest serving. In fact, I think he's the longest serving royal partner and aide. And I think he's taken on some of like the most royal engagements of. I think any British monarch or royal other than the Queen, something similar to that. But basically, him and the Queen have been ruling the country for the longest time over anybody. You were right uh, before he's longest other, seven even, even other nations. And the basically, yeah, they've announced that he died today, midday. Everybody will probably be sort of sick of hearing about it because... We know that for the next like five, ten weeks, all we're going to hear is things about it and stuff like that. But we wanted to show our condolences and everything because we do take, we did take inspiration from Prince Philip. He was an amazing man who had legendary gaffes and opinions and just went forthright into every conversation. He constantly questioned any sort of event holder and things. He was famous for talking to any sort of event holder that he went to and just asking them question upon question, trying to learn as much as he could. Uh, and basically just being a bit a pain in the ass for everybody, which is our hope to be. <laughs> uh, and he, he was always forthright with his opinions and he never, he never bullshitted. He always, he was always straight talking and told, Told it like he thought, said whatever he thought. He didn't butter or soften his words. He was unfiltered, and he was fantastic. So we're gonna have a mo- a minute silence for our fallen prince. Right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, and like we said, our condolences to the royal family, our nation, 
and the world has lost an amazing man today. Uh, Jay can do all the normal spiel with the socials and stuff if you want, but thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much. There's some comments um, floating. Will has sent a link to yeah, no, some of the best gaffs. I've been, I had a bit of a re look at them. Yeah, Do you work Philip at a strip club? An amazing history. Uh, he's uh, he, he was an amazing, and amazingly offensive person. Like I, I've <laughs> I've been reading about him today, and it, like some of the stuff he's done in the past is just absolutely beyond belief. So if you want to listen to, always humble. He hated having compliments given to him. So if you want to listen, if you want to listen to our episode where we're going to just, like a full episode about the gaffes and the comments that. Prince Philip has made um, that episode is called Did You Just Insult a Ginger Prick of a Prince? Kyle's famous quote there. <laughs> if you like what you listen to, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash taking off air, one word. If you can go to our new ACAST supporter, which is basically helps ACAST network creators like ourselves and many other podcasts out there. You can support us at supporter.acast.com forward slash taken off air. You can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash taken off air. If you'd like to support us... Jim might be able to actually get his computer working instead of using a Mac. Yeah. (laughs) Apple all the way. Apple all the way. Right. If you don't want to send us money, we're not asking for money. We don't give a shit about the money. We're doing this for fun. We but we are happy to put our own money into this to keep us running. But the support helps us, you know, bring more content and to be able to do our plans in the future. Well, Stefan's plans in the future, because Stefan has us all dreading the day we get um, us funding for him to turn around. Says, "Right, this is the plan." I have lots so of plans. If you want, I've got a note dedicated to <laughs> I'll be evil in tra- I'll be in charge of the money. <laughs> but if you don't want to give us money, you can support us by following us. That's all we ask and sharing our podcast. You can follow us on, on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash taken off air or at taken off air. Facebook.com forward slash taken off air. You can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash or at even if you're on the Instagram app, swept aside productions, all one word. Or if you're on Instagram, there's a hashtag set up, which is just hashtag taken off air. You can also email us at info at at sweptaside.org or email us using the email above on the ACAST supporter network if you're listening on just ACAST app or if you're listening on Spotify, there's all the links are down in the descriptions. Um, I don't know what it's like on Apple music because i don't really use apple music or apple podcasts we're on amazon music if you listen on amazon music you can listen to us on your alexa you can easily go onto your alexa app download our alexa skill we have an alexa skill that's how like shit we are <laughs> it's just gonna say shit <laughs> Thank uh, you, Alexa. Thank also, you. just just check out our website. It'll have all the details for other stuff there, as well as the merch, which none of us are supporting today, but up. we do have merch and bits and pieces. Yeah, if Thank you want to support you. us and you want something in return, go to takeitoffair.com and we ship worldwide. And you can buy all exactly. of the merch that we have and are not wearing. 
Yes, yeah, because we'll all have different bits of merch, and we'll all have at least two bits of merch, but we're not wearing any of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say the t-shirt is very comfy. The hat, the dad cap is very nice. Uh, the jumpers look very comfy. The, these two can speak about that, but I will say the hoodies are very comfy, and the, 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 I, the normal people cap is really comfortable as well. I wear it more than my yeah. usual one. Thanks. But no, I, I will say that we we do, I know we've said like the Patreon and everything like that. The, I I firmly believe that it's always better to get something back for your money. So if you buy the merch, you are instantly getting something back. It's a comfortable shirt, comfortable jumper, something like that. And but we will like sell say, you anything you, that we you, would you happily wear to, ourselves. On exactly. Pa- we 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 never sell anything we wouldn't use. On yeah, so- Patreon, if you support us on Patreon, you can get access to legit an hour of Kyle talking to himself. Yes, and even without spending any money, the more you get other people involved, the more you share us, the more you interact with us, comment on things. Uh, just the the bigger you make us, then the more we can do for you because we we'll have got a lot of plans, but we'll, we need a bigger audience who want everybody to be interacting um, and you don't you don't have to spend any money on what just if you enjoy with support share with, support with we want we want to take over the world don't or at least get one that. country running on fiddles you don't better tell them that <laughs> we'll win vids <laughs> please support us and we'll give you fiddles we'll give you a fiddle maybe <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening it's been a pleasure. It's always been a pleasure, gents, talking with you guys as well. And we'll see you all next time. See you Bye. next time. Bye, bitch! You know what? Come to think of this, at least um, the Queen just um, can keep her Land Rover safe. I really now. need a piss. So uncivilized. The Land Rover will safe. It's the cars are getting its way that way. <laughs>